Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Electrician Live. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host as always, and welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about job site confrontation. I had a conversation this morning with a master electrician who called me up and uh, was, you know, in a bad in a bad place, I should say, mentally. Um, they weren't the owner of the company, but they were very connected to the owner of the company. Uh, They were their right-hand person. They were their master electrician who's in charge of the company. And the master electrician worked very closely with the owner of the company in order to establish policies and things that they, expectations that they set forth for their employees and things like that. And he called me up because he has listened to some of my other podcasts before when it talks about how I teach apprentices and the process and He's also uh, in our master class as well, which I teach a leadership master class, which is designed for companies to enroll job foremans, job supervisors, master electricians, and even journeymans. Uh, and it talks about ethics and and all these type of things that are important uh, on a job site and, and how I handle a job site and how we believe at Electrical Code Academy through the years, over 30 years that have been involved in companies and development and how you should care yourself and how you should portray it down from the owner to the journeymans to the masters down to the actual apprentices and the helpers. And so it's a master class program, but he had just rolled in the master class and I think he was embarrassed that he didn't want to bring it up during one of our our, our weekly sessions that we have in this program, uh, which again is a weekly program and it's a one-on-one program that we have. And uh, he wanted to call me in uh have a conversation a little bit more because, again, we're not having the meeting until later on. uh, The next one's next week, and so he just couldn't get it off his chest. So he called me up, and the short story here is that he got into a physical confrontation with an apprentice or a helper on the job site, and it affected him in a sense that, yeah, he is the master. He's in charge. Uh, the helper is the helper. It's a learner. He's a, he's the doer, and you have to have leaders, and you have to have followers. You have to have doers, and you have to have people that can take instruction. You have people that have to convey con- instructions clearly, concisely. 
And he understood that. That's kind of our first sessions that we have in the master class. And anyway, he um, was concerned because it, it, physical, it, it, it elevated to a physical confrontation. And so he contacted me and said, can I have a discussion and, and talk about it a little bit? And I, I said, sure, let's talk about it. And that's part of our mentoring uh, that I do as well with various people uh, that, I, that I let into my circle. And, and I will help mentor them in, in their role. And it's just an outside perspective that they can have to look at their company and look at it from an outside, a, a second opinion. Uh, I'm not going to say it's like AA, but they can call me if they're in that program anytime in, in a situation where they need to step away and need somebody's outside perspective. I'm always thinking about the business, the company, what the goal is, what we're trying to do, and that's what I train for. So anyway, he had this confrontation, and it got quite physical. And he explained to me, and I remind him, there's always two sides to a story, and I'm just getting ready to listen to your side. And so... Remember some of the things that we practice about listening and understanding that there's two sides to every story and how you should handle it. He said, I agree. And he's so early in the program, he's only been to like one one session. So I said, okay, well, tell me about it. So anyway, it's, um, it's an issue where the apprentice wanted to do something a certain way because that's what he had learned in his training program at his vocational or whatever apprenticeship program that he's in. And he didn't like how the company was doing something. Well, the company was doing it at the direction of the owner and in guidance with the master. And anyway, the argument ensued between the two. And ultimately, um, the problem here was it it got to a pushing, shoving match, and uh, that's never good. Okay, So he asked me my opinion of it, and I said, well, did you listen to what the apprentice had to say? He said, no, I cut him off because it's just not how we do it. I said, okay, do you hear what you're saying? Okay, so de-escalation, even on job sites, is that if the apprentice has a voice, you want to at least hear what they have to say. And there's a way you could have handled this. And he said, well, I just kind of told him, you know, you, you know, you do it this way. This is the way we do it if you don't like it. So I said, you talked down to him rather not to him. Now, some people can argue either way you can be headstrong you can be uh, i'm gonna run my company how i want to run my company that's fine and you have the right to do that but what i explain to people is there's ways that you can handle situations that everybody can ultimately be excellent producers for the company and there's a way to do it and there's a way to do it tactful and there's a way to do it without talking down to somebody but talking to somebody and you earn respect in the process so in this case, I said, I said, so tell me, did you listen to what the apprentice had to say? He said, I did to a point, and then I just said, look, that's not how we do it. Okay. I said, look, the first thing that we talk about in a master class is the ability for a leader to also be a listener, the two L's, okay? Leaders are listeners. So you need to listen to what somebody has to say, and you calculate your response. So you should have listened to what the apprentice had to say, and you can de-escalate it by acknowledging what they have to say. Now, let's say that the apprentice brings something valuable to the table. Let's say they were in the course in, in apprentice class, and they're learning something new, and maybe your company's been doing something wrong for years. It could put them in potential problems legally if there was ever an issue. And doesn't it behoove you to at least listen to what they have to say? Because at the end of the day, the apprentice has two choices. 
Okay. And the two choices is this. They can either choose to do it the way the company wants them to do it, or they can no longer be employed with the company. But how you tell an apprentice or a helper or even a master to a journeyman, the way that you convey that message is extremely important. And I like to teach the masters and journeymen, anybody that's in a leadership role, to understand that everybody has a voice. You can agree to disagree, but it's the delivery that makes the difference. So I said, well, maybe if you had handled this way, and again, again, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking is what it is, but I said, maybe you could have said to listen to the apprentice, listen what they had to say, and then you could have said, I understand, I, I feel you, I acknowledge what you're saying, and it might even be 100% correct. However, this is where we're at today. This is what the company does. Um, you have really, uh, in all fairness, you have two choices. You can do it the way we have done it or the way I'm giving direction to do. Or you can choose to not be employed here. That's two choices. And you can do it without being uh, demeaning. You can do it without talking down. Um, You don't know how they'll take it. But at the end of the day, you should be able to do this very straight, very monotoned, very direct and say, I understand you. But half the battle, be honest with you. Half the battle with somebody is acknowledgement. They just want acknowledgement. Once you acknowledge them and then you explain the situation, they're the ones that's now in their court to make a decision. It's not for you to make the decision. You've given the direction. For in your mind, that is the decision. However, leaders have to listen. So I always like to listen to what somebody has to say, take in what they have to say. Could it change my opinion? Maybe. Could it bolster my opinion the way mine stays today? Absolutely. But listening is a key trait with a leader. Leaders listen because there might be some valuable information that's being shared. I said to him, I said, for example, this apprentice is currently in a program that is teaching the latest trends, teaching the code changes, teaching all these things. Is it a possibility that this apprentice has something to offer because he's currently involved in schooling that you could bring and find beneficial to the team. And maybe that's all they're trying to do. They're trying to be beneficial to the team. And everybody does it in a different way, but this is what they're trying to do. He said, yes, it's possible. And then I said, so did you give them the opportunity to at least say what they needed to say? He goes, no, I kept cutting them off. I'm like, well, so there's the problem. It's okay to listen. Only thing, it, only thing listening does is takes up time. And so listen, and then you can respond. So I said, here's how I would have handled it. I would have said, I understand it. I hear you. I might even agree with you. However, this is where we're at right now in the policy of this company. And this is what I am charged with being in charge, enforcing this. Now, we can disagree or we can agree fact of the matter is, this is what the policy is, and this is where we're at right now. This is the practice that we utilize right now. Sadly, you have really only two choices to make. You can do it this way under my direction, and you're free to do it the way you want to do when you're in charge. But right now, I am in charge, and I have to answer to somebody. This is how we're going to do it. If you like it, 
or dislike it, you have two options. You can do it. You don't have to like it, but you can do it. Or you can leave the company and go to work for somebody else. I mean, you have that choice. But it should never escalate to a confrontation. Uh, And with that said, I'm going to talk quickly about, but again, leaders need to listen. Give the apprentice, give the journeyman, give them time to speak and give their opinion. If there's something valid about it, you can, if you're not the owner, you can say, you know what? We're going to do it the way we're doing it now. I understand. I hear you. I might even agree with you and tell you what. I will take this to the owner and have a discussion about it on your behalf. And, and you know what? I'll let you know the outcome of that. But right now, this is how we're doing it. And I need you to do it this way. If you can't do this, then you can't work here. And, and I'd hate to see that happen, but it is what it is. And again, it's all in the delivery. All right, now, with that said, I tell every foreman in our leadership program when you get to the certain point, I tell them, look, there becomes a time when you have to set the tone on a job site. You have to let them know that, one, there's not going to be any playing around, safety concerns, okay? There's not going to be an excessive waste of material like playing around, throwing wire nuts or whatever it is. It's not going to happen, throwing staples. It's not going to happen on the job site, okay? Um Excess, you know, some places you might say like excessive language. Um, Got to remember that our customers can flow in and out of a job site at any time. I just, my policy is, and again, it, it, I just don't want somebody on a site cussing like a sailor because you don't know who it may offend. And if you say, I don't care who it offends, you're just not going to do it on my job site. You can do, you can cuss like a sailor anywhere you want. And I'm not talking about the occasional uh, uh, bomb that you might drop somewhere. I'm talking in a lot of these things I see, even videos of electricians who really lose all credibility when they start dropping the bombs or, or sharing really vulgar stuff. I mean, it really, it, it really demeans our trade. And I'm sure I'll get some thumbs downs for that, and that's fine. I don't care. I don't gauge them anyway, so I really don't care. I'm giving you my opinion. If you want to be taken as a professional, you'll treat yourself as a professional. You'll carry yourself as a professional. You'll have conversations like a professional. I understand that sometimes juveniles can't understand the the relationship and the ability to communicate with an adult. I get it. But if you're on my job site, you're going to learn that, and you're going to learn it pretty quickly. The other thing that I told um, the uh, master, I said, look, you have to make sure that there's expectations that are set up front. For example, all of my employees back in the day, and whether you have two employees or you have a 1,000 employees, they should have something that they sign that states certain things that they will uh, treat them. Uh, you will um, follow the policies of the company. Uh, they will follow dress codes if you have them. Uh, and again, people give me a lot of grief about the dress code thing. Uh, look, it's no holy jeans. Carry yourself fine, khakis, whatever you want, pants wise. But you should always have a company shirt, and the company should provide that. I'm just saying, it, it's just my belief. You can agree to disagree and thumbs down it. That's fine. I, again, I don't really care. But that's just my belief. It's all about how you carry yourself. Um, there will be no horseplay on the job site. There will be no fighting on the job site. All of these are immediate grounds for termination uh, and subject to, again, the owner's uh, review of the situation or whoever's duly in charge as the owner's agent. So if all of these expectations are set up front, there's still a way that the person in charge 
or the master to the journeyman or the journeyman to the apprentice or, you know, there is a way to have dialogue because you have something that you want to share and I want to hear it. That doesn't mean we'll react on it, but I want to hear it and you should have a right to say it. So I tell people in the classes, I always say, look, think of it this way. If you feel like it's going to escalate into an argument, immediately thing in your mind should be take a breath and de-escalate. Try to de-escalate it with your tone. Uh, acknowledge them. And a lot of times I, I, I teach a practice that is some people agree or disagree with it, but it's always putting it off onto the higher being or the higher power. In other words, a master who has somebody over them can say, look, I understand what you're saying. I might even agree with it, but I have people I have to answer to. And this is the policy that we have. This is what we do. This is the procedures that we follow. I am more than happy to carry this up to them for you on your behalf because I want to hear what you have to say and I want to acknowledge it. But you also have to understand that this is how we're going to do it. And I can't immediately deviate from a practice that we're doing. And when I told this guy this, he was like, I never really thought of it that way. And I'm like, well, what did the pushing and shoving do for you? Potentially, you might have lose a good employee uh, who might just have a hot head, but good employee. And you get into a situation where people see this and people lose respect for you. People lose respect for your authority. That person, obviously, the helper loses respect for it. Uh, you didn't listen to them. You didn't give them a chance to say. Maybe they had something they wanted to contribute. So you can run your company as a as a, a tolerant um, as a um, I guess as a monarchy, or you can run it as a democracy. And either one has its place. You know, message boards. You run it as a as a, as a monarchy because you can't let that get out of hand. But on a job site, you need to have the the monarchy mentality with the democracy acceptance, and at least listen to your employee. Listen to what they have to say and be able to come back with, I understand, I hear what you say, but this is not our policy. And, but I understand you. I acknowledge what you're saying. Let them finish what they're saying. I have a tendency to cut people off too, so it's, it's something that I'm always struggling with. Let them say what they have to say. When the silence comes because they're just done talking about it, then you pause and you come back and you say, Okay, look, I understand you. I feel you. I, I get what you're saying. I understand and I can acknowledge it. All right? Um, but this is not what we do as a policy or this is not our company procedure. And again, I have to follow the procedure. I have people that I answer to as well. Okay? And so that's the way the master could have de-escalated it a little bit and at least acknowledges the helper and a lot of times, that is all they want. But at the end of the day, you always have to tell them, look, you really have two choices. And this is what the master would say or the person in charge would say to the helper. At the end of the day, you have two choices. One is you can be a valuable part of the team. Do as we say. This is our policy. This is our procedure. I know you disagree with it. Uh, I hear you. I've heard you. I get it. But this is what we do. And... You really have two choices. You can do that and follow along with the program, or you really, you really just can't work here because I can't, I can't have disruption in the business and the workflow. We have, a, we have to get things done, and 
that type of scenario. And ultimately, the helper will have to make that decision. And if you have a policy and they sign it, like I recommend everybody does, then you give a justified reason to let them go. Now, you could be in a right-to-work state where you can let them go for anything, um, but if you get the documentation and you and they breach one of these rules, then the chances are you're going to affect their ability to get unemployment. And again, that's a choice that they make. They made a choice to violate a policy. Okay, They were fired. They weren't laid off. They were fired because of their ability. Of course, they have the option to quit. They could do that too. And you're giving them those options, but you're doing it in a way that's monotoned, direct, acknowledge them, and de-escalate the situation because you don't want this to happen on a job site. Last thing I want is to have other contractors see this. I don't want owners of properties to see this. I don't want inspectors to see this. I want everybody to be in unity on my job site, period. I'm not into anything other than that. And again, you can agree to disagree. You write your own policies, but that's what I expressed. And those are some of the things that we talk about in our our master uh, program, our master class on leadership, and it's job site leadership. And we have companies that will send all of their foremans and and journeymans and masters through this program. Uh, Not people know about the program. But again, it's, it's very exclusive. But at the end of the day, those are the type of things that we teach. And uh, hopefully that helps you out. Uh, but again, tactful, direct, talk with somebody, not down to somebody. Acknowledge their opinion. You don't have to accept it, but you can respond to it tactfully. And usually that's going to deescalate some kind of incident. And again, we do not want incidents on job sites. It really does hurt the trade to do that. People are witnessing it. And again, you can agree to disagree. Maybe you're a 22-year-old, 21-year-old hothead, and you want to disagree with it. Perfectly fine. One day when you're an owner or you're in charge and you have people underneath you that you're responsible for and you have to keep the program going forward and you realize that there's a lot of liabilities that are involved with working with electricity and somebody ultimately is paying you, and so you have to follow their rules, like it or not. When you're an owner, you can do whatever you want to do, but you're not, so you need to understand there are rules, and you have to follow the rules. So hopefully you got something out of that. Again, I hope that gentleman and uh, will work it out with his helper, and I gave him some insight, some actual stuff that I'm really not sharing on air as well, but uh, on how he should handle it. Um, But uh, he was thankful, and uh, hopefully he'll give me an update how they're doing moving forward. So a little bit uh, of uh, experience today. I wanted to share it with the listeners, and hopefully you got something out of it. Again, everybody deserves respect. Uh, There's a tactful way to address anything, and you just need to learn the skills to be able to address it and then de-escalate it without your tempers flaring up. Until next time, stay safe, folks, and God bless.